0: I'm a little lighthearted, but this is actually quite a serious assignment. Um, I'm going to say something about the times that we're in, and I'm going to say something about the word that God has given me. Um, But uh, I first want to just start off with something. We have the most awesome leaders in all of Christendom. And we need to thank God for that. We need to thank God for that. I'm talking about Bishop Charles E. Blake, Sr., 53 years leading this church. Lady May, 53 years standing by his side. Charles Blake II, about 53 years old, he's been either in somebody's stomach or standing somewhere. He's been in this church as long as they've been leading the church. Uh, uh, pastor Lawrence Blake, I call him a pastor. They're all pastors to me. All of their first ladies, the whole first family, we need to say thank you, God, for all of that. Why don't you take your seats? Go ahead and take your seats. Go ahead and take your seats. So we're living in odd times, aren't we? Very, very strange times. Um, in fact, some people might even say that the world has gotten dark. Yeah, it's, it's, it's to the point now where people are wondering what in the world is going on. Let me just say a few things about what's going on. I, it, it'll take me my whole sermon time to tell you everything that I can see, but let me just tell you a few things. Okay, so we have wars. You know about one war in Europe. I don't know if you know this, that's, that's not the only war. Yeah, there are more wars. And people are afraid that World War III is around the corner. I think the Bible talks about wars and rumors of wars in the last days. Well, we got wars. Um, we have global pandemics. Somebody said, no, 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 that pandemic's over. I see you wearing your masks. I see you sitting there, and I see you sitting there. I, I see tape on the seats. Some people think we'll never be out of this pandemic. I beg to differ. I'll be out of it. I got places to go and people to see, and where I'm going, pandemics aren't allowed. So I'm not going to have to deal with this forever racism some people are surprised that we have found that this is a racist country I got news for you this country was founded on a racist deal yeah don't 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 you get too excited about the Constitution they deliberately wrote you out of it so that they could get together so we've got racism unlike we've ever had before now people are expressing their racism in ways that they haven't done in years. They tell me somebody in New York yesterday, miles from Buffalo, New York, he had been exciting himself and angering himself, only 18 years old. Jesus died for him. 18 years old. He decided today's the day. I'm going to do something today. He armed himself with all of his weapons, clothed himself in army fatigues and a flak jacket, bulletproof vest, and went from where he lived all the way to Buffalo, New York, to a neighborhood of African Americans, to a store to shoot up black people. So they're hunting us again. Mm. Co-Pastor Blake talked about your right to vote. You need to vote while you can. I don't know if you know it, they're trying to change the law. They still don't want you to vote. So it's bad enough if you don't vote. I'm telling you that they're trying to stop you from voting. Now I have, I could go on, but I'm not going to for the sake of time. But let me tell you something. I have tried to encourage people with a phrase that no longer applies in my mind. I have said to people that None of these things is new. These things have all happened before. And that's true. But here's what may not be the case. This may be in all of history the first time when they're all happening at the same time and each of them is as bad as it has ever been. And I, for the sake of, clarity, I better say something first of all that this makes me think we may be, say he said maybe, maybe. We may be in the last days. I've said that before too, but these, if there's worse days than these, I don't know if I want to be here. I want Jesus to come get me. Yeah, I've had it with this kind of mess. And so there are people maybe even in this room, who are wondering, where is God? What is going on? Why is the world so dark? When is God going to turn on some light? I've got a few verses of Scripture. You've already heard them, but I think I need to say them too. I have to emphasize certain things in these Scriptures. Turn to the Gospel of Matthew. Chapter 5. I've got seven verses to read, starting with verse 10. This, of course, is Jesus with the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely. For my sake, rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and to be trampled underfoot by men. This is verse 14. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Here's verse 16. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Verse 14 proclaims, You are the light of the world. Verse 16 commands, Let your light so shine before men. I think I'll give this message a title, The Light of the World. The Light of the World. I have just read the end of a profound teaching discourse by Jesus. It's known as the Beatitudes. It appears in Matthew chapter five, verses one through 12, with further teachings by Jesus in verses 13 through 16 about salt. And light. I've just read them. Now, Luke includes an abbreviated version of the Beatitudes in his gospel at chapter 6, verses 20 through 26. This must be pretty important. God put it in the book twice. There's a reason why people who have accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord are not immediately ushered into heaven. You may want to know what that is. There's a reason why we saved folks are still down here. It is because we saved folks have a job to do. The role of every believer in the Lord Jesus Christ is to go, to carry, to leave comfortable surroundings, one's comfort zone, and carry good news to not so good places where that good news is sorely needed. People need good news. Did you know that? Yeah, they they can get the bad news. Did you know that it's possible to get too much information? What happens when you put too much weight on a pack animal? (laughs) Yeah, too much news is like a weight these days because it seems to be all bad. Oh, but there is good news. Yeah, but you have to look for it in places that you don't ordinarily look. There's plenty of good news. In fact, there's more good news than bad news. And we need to do our job because people don't know that and people are dying because they think there's more bad news than good news. No, there's more good news than bad news. We need to shine light in this dark world. But I said you need to go. And some of you then may be wondering, I'm not a missionary. Do I really have to go and witness Christ to the world? Well, the answer is simple the world is a dark place. If you are saved, a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, you are God's light. Oh my. Uh uh-uh. uh. You need to go where God leads. You hear me? I said you gotta go where God leads and shine your light. I I know you're going to push back a little bit. You ask, okay, I'm saved. Who said I am God's light? Who said I have to go? All right, let's have that conversation. God said it. If you are saved, you are God's light in the world, and God commands you to go and shine your light. Let me say it like this, I need to say it differently. If you are God's light, God saved you to send you. That's that's, that's what he did. And that's why you're still here. He didn't save you to get you. When he saved you, he had you. Now he wants to use you. Don't don't let me go too fast. Yeah, you're not here to get all the benefits of being saved. You're here to be used. And in some cases, even to be used up. Yeah, you wanted to live out your unsaved life and when everything was done, you couldn't do anything else. Then you wanted to come to Jesus. God has a reverse order on this. God wanted to save you while you had something left in you. Then use you up. And when you're spent like Paul, and ready to be offered, take you up to glory. That's maybe not so good news, is it? Well, let me get some Bible backup for what I just said, because you may not, I know you don't, some of you may not like it, but let me tell you something. The Bible teaches that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. That's what the Bible says. 1 John chapter 1, verse 5. Jesus testified of himself that he is the light Of the world. That's John chapter 8, verse 12, chapter 9, verse 5. The Apostle John, elsewhere in his book, in the masterful prologue of his great gospel, likewise testified of Jesus at John 1 4, in him, that is Jesus, is life, L I F E, and the life was the light, L I G H T, of men. Paul got in on this thing. Paul's one of my favorites. I love him. He declared that Christ in us who believe is the hope of glory. That's Colossians 1.27. Therefore, let's put all that together. The light of God through Jesus Christ is in you. The light of God through Jesus Christ is in you if you believe in him. Well, In our text verses, Matthew removes all doubt on this matter. Matthew expressly proclaims that we who love Jesus are the light of the world. Ooh, we are the light. He doesn't say we have it. He says we are it. We carry light into dark places. Now, you probably say, when is he going to speed up? Actually, now's where I'm going to slow down. Because I want to tell you some things about light and darkness. This might... Strike you as odd, but light has way more power than darkness. So let's camp out here for a minute. The purpose of light is to drive away darkness. Light expends itself for the benefit of others. Light shines so that others may see. God commands us to light the world. We are commanded to shine our lights in a darkened world so that men and women in darkness can see. And to do that, we need to go where the people in darkness are. They're in a dark place. We have a light. We have to go to them with our light. Now, it's not good enough that we who love Jesus are shining in our private homes. Men and women everywhere can't see us shining in there. It's even not good enough that we who love Jesus are shining in our local churches. Men and women everywhere can't see us shining in here because men and women everywhere aren't in here. And there was a time when you weren't in here. Mm. If we are obeying God's command, we must go to dark places in the world and shine there. We must shine in places where, unless light goes to that place, there is darkness. We must do what light does. Light drives away darkness. In the account of creation set forth in Genesis chapter 1, the first thing God created, interestingly enough, was light. Yeah, light to form the day, light to separate day from night, and light did its job. Light blocked darkness. Understand some things about light and darkness. Light does not coexist with darkness. You say, yes it does, no, no, it actually doesn't. Well, I saw, no, that isn't what you saw. Yeah, they don't coexist. Light and darkness cannot occupy the same space at the same time. Oh yeah, I saw, no, no, you didn't see that. They weren't occupying the same space at the same time. Light doesn't negotiate with darkness. They're not even on speaking terms. When light comes, darkness goes. No, no, hold on. I need to speak more carefully. What I just said is theologically imprecise. I need to say it like this. Where light is, darkness is not. Where light is, Darkness is not. Light invades darkness. Light overcomes darkness. And check this out. Light does not run from darkness. Darkness runs from light. How do I, can I prove that scientifically? Yes, I can. Someone turned on the light to illuminate this room. Darkness is where light is not. Darkness is the absence of light. In order for darkness to exist, you do not turn on darkness. For darkness to exist where a source of light is, you must turn off the light. And then darkness creeps in after that. (laughs) Because if the light is on, darkness has to stay out. So uh, let me make a point here, and I'm going to move quickly off of this and be sure I'm not looking at anybody. If we who love Jesus are in a place that is still dark, we need to check our lights. I would suggest that either your light is hidden or it's off. If you who love Jesus are in a place that's still dark, there's nothing wrong with your light. You must be hiding it or you must have turned it off. Yeah, well, we're Christ followers. God commands us to shine Jesus before men and women. And yet, let me say something else about us. And I'm I'm talking about all of us because this happens eventually to us all. We who have accepted Jesus and are saved still want to spend time sometimes in darkness. We do. We do. We want to turn off our light so that sometimes we can do stuff in the dark. Now, I'm a lawyer. If I, if I were going to give you legal advice, I'd say that's a bad idea. <laughs> you know, I'll represent you if <laughs> you get in trouble, but I would rather you do the right thing and you don't need my services. Yeah, if you're planning to do something in the dark, let me tell you what's wrong with your plan. Maybe people can't see you doing things in the dark. <laughs> However... God can see you at all times. After all, if God created light and he was still seeing before light came, there must be a way he could see in the dark. God can actually see in nothing. Yeah, God can work with nothing. God can see in nothing. God can exist in nothing. So be careful what you're doing in the dark. God is absolutely looking. Mmm. This gets better. I'm almost through this part. Salvation brings good news and bad news. Well, this is more stuff that they might not want to hear. The good news is that we no longer have to be slaves to sin. That's good news. We don't obey. We don't have to obey the dictates of our old sin nature. Now, the bad news is is that we are not free. Say, what? The pastor just said we're not free? No, no, no. You've changed masters. Yeah, you're not free. Your old master was sin, and your new master is God. But you're still a slave. Only in God's economy, that's not so bad. Um, God commands us, as masters do. And we must obey if we want to enjoy the blessings of our new lives in Christ. If you want the benefits, you've got to meet the requirements. Salvation is not a blank check where you can keep living the same way you were living before, only now you get all of God's best. No, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. God wants us to have a special intimate relationship with him. And he loves us by choice. I like this part. God loved us first when we were not lovable. When we did not love him. God wanted us first, when we did not want him. God gave his best for us before we wanted anything to do with him. And I'll say this, God loves us to death, to the death of his dear son. He just wants us to love him to life. Yeah, he, he's, not, he's not, he'll get to you and your death in a minute, but right now he just wants you to love him to life, and, and, and we need to do that. So God wants us to demonstrate our love for him in life by obeying him. Now, God is strong, and he can make you, Dr. Owens. If he, if he, if he wanted to, he can make you do what he wants to do. If he wants what's in your hand, he can get it out of your hands. If he wants you to go this way, he can make you go that way. If he wants you to stop, he can grab you and knock you down. Somebody tried to uh, assault this church, and the Holy Ghost knocked them down in the street and they could not get in. God still has that much power, but here's what God is doing. God is a gentleman in some respects, and he wants you to obey him by choice, just like he loves you by choice. He came down. He loved us so much until he came down to this earth where we were lost in our sins, and he even became one of us, which is a big step down from God. He became a human being and not even the best human being. He, if, I, if I did that, at least I'd be the president or maybe the mayor or <laughs> some other high position. But he said, no, no, the stable is where I'm going to start. Okay, Because I want to go all the way down to the bottom so I can identify with everybody. I know everything everybody has gone through. So I'm going to skip for time's sake a little bit of this. God has made us fishers of men. Okay, we're catching people. We're catching souls. God tells us where to go. God tells us where to cast our nets. And if we obey God, the catch is enormous. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so these are our marching orders. God commands us to export this gospel of Jesus Christ all over the world. But now I've arrived at one of the hard parts, and I must say this is the fine print in this deal. The thing that many say folks want from God is for God to bless them. We want God to bless us. Well, God has already blessed us beyond measure. God saved us. God keeps us. God will deliver us home with him in glory. So that's what we want. Let me tell you what God wants. The thing that God wants from us is to use us. It's for our good, but it's mainly for God's glory. God wants our obedience. Put another way, God wants our yes. Yes to the will of God, yes to the ways of God, because God wants to use us now to win more souls. So let me go back to that go thing. I know that went right over some heads, but you do have to go. You can't just sit and do this thing. It's not a sedentary exercise. I know you think you're doing what you're supposed to be doing by sitting here in church. No, you're here to get your marching orders in church. Soldiers don't fight battles at boot camp. They train so that when they get on the battlefield, they know how to fight. If the battle is in the boot camp, then the enemy has gotten all the way to your house. So, you know, I know people are fighting in church, but we're not here to fight here. The battle is out there. Yeah, well, I better move on. Okay, so some people are looking at Matthew chapter 5 where I told you what the commands are, and you're saying, no, 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 Matthew chapter 5 doesn't command me to go all over the world. You say those verses don't tell me where to shine, but they suggest that I can shine in my house. Brother preacher, Matthew speaks of a light from a lampstand that gives light to everyone in the house. So you say, I get to stay home. Perhaps I can do my job as God's ambassador by inviting everyone to my house. Well, the word of God teaches otherwise. Matthew had more to say about the Christian's role in exporting the gospel of Jesus Christ. You need to look at Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20. Jesus said this to his disciples at the end Of his earthly journey. Go, that's his first word. Go, therefore, and make disciples on your block in town. No, of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Have we reached the end of the age? Not yet. So should you still be going? Yes, yes, yes. Will God be with you? Yes. This is the great commission. It's a command, and it certainly must be important because it's the last command that God gave to us before he ascended back to glory. So let's rehearse the essential points of today's message, and then I want to tell you something about myself, and then I'm going to sit down. If I'm still safe in here, I'll go take my seat. I'm all right? So here are the points. The world is a dark place. People need light. God has provided light. Jesus is the light. If you love Jesus and are saved, Jesus lives inside of you. God's light is in you. God says you are the light of the world. And God commands you to go. Let your light shine everywhere to all nations. Each of us is commanded to do all of that. So now I come to a question. Will you go? Will you do it? Some of God's children are not going. They're not saying to God, here am I, send me. They're saying, here am I, use me right here. Yeah, yeah, use me here. I want to stay where I am comfortable, where salvation does not cost me everything. Hear me carefully. There is no place you can be where your salvation that costs God Jesus, God's very best, does not cost you everything. If it costs God Jesus, it's going to cost you everything, which won't be enough to pay for it. God's going to make up the difference. Yeah, you don't have enough to pay for your salvation, but God's going to let you have it. It's just going to cost you everything you got. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is this okay? All right, all right. So we, so we must not dim our lights. Don't, don't, don't hang out with your friends now. We must not dim our lights to get along with those who prefer to live in darkness. We must not hide our lights because we prefer sometimes to do things in the dark. Now, I prayed about this, and I almost wasn't going to do this, but the way this service went, I am going to do it. It's a peculiar service, and I think it's time for me to give a peculiar testimony. You've never heard this from me before. This is God's house. We need to embrace love on and support everyone whom Jesus has died for. This is a battle for souls. We cannot let the enemy of our souls keep picking off people. We can't let him isolate folks and catch them in bad spots. So here's what I want to give you. I want to give you my testimony because I do believe every Sunday this is probably true, but I really feel it today. Somebody did just get in here by the um, very, very hardest effort on their part. And somebody may be sitting here or maybe online who is thinking, I don't know whether this is even worth it. I'm not sure if I want to live anymore. This world is too crazy. And I'm about to give up on everything. So let me tell you about me. It's been a long time, but maybe about 50 years ago, I had a really bad day. (laughs) I don't want to tell you what happened, but it was so bad until when I got home, I thought to myself, Pastor Charles, I think this is it. I'm going to kill myself. I can't take any more days like this. Now... I wasn't saved. That's important. Don't forget that. I'm coming back to that. But the way God made me was kind of fortunate. God made me a little bit of a scaredy cat. And I didn't want to live, but I was scared to die. I wasn't saved. So I thought to myself, I I, I was sitting there and I'm saying, okay, this is it. I'm going to take my life tonight. But then I said, "Um, no, here's what I'll do. And I I believe I was talking to myself. I could hear myself speaking. I'm going to just go to bed tonight. You're laughing. I'm going to go to bed tonight, and if I feel the same way tomorrow morning, then I'll kill myself. So, unsaved, I went to sleep. I woke up the next morning. Don't tell me there's not a God. You know what happened, Dr. Judy? When I woke up the next morning, I was hungry. (laughs) I said, well, let me eat breakfast. (laughs) I ate breakfast. I made it, it wasn't good, but I, I still ate it. After I ate it, I said, no, no, I feel pretty good. Maybe I'll go one more day. And I went another day and I felt pretty good the next day. I went another day and another day. And now it's May 15th, 2022. I'm standing before you saved, preaching the gospel. And I believe I'm telling somebody in here today, don't give up. Do not do it. That's not you having a conversation with yourself. That's the devil. He's trying to take you out. Life is worth the living. Now that I have Jesus, this isn't even on my mind. Everybody can stand if you want to because I'm I'm actually finished now, but I want to tell you something about Jesus that gives me comfort. And it's going to be It's going to sound odd, but I I, I can explain myself. I always can explain myself. I'm a lawyer. Um, The thing that gives me comfort now that I'm saved is that God never learns anything new. You say, well, why? wait a minute. How does that fit in? You see, God never learns anything new. He's omniscient. He knows everything. The day I was arguing with the devil about whether I was going to live, God said, oh, no, baby, we got plans for you. You're going to be preaching. You're going to stand before people and proclaim Jesus. You, you're not going to take yourself out. So here's what I'm going to do. When you go to sleep, even though you don't have any reason to believe you're going to get a good night's sleep, you're going you're to get a good night's sleep. And then when you wake up in the morning, I'm going to make you want something to eat. And that's how God protected me. So what am I saying to somebody who's struggling with life now? Get a good night's sleep. (laughs) Let God give you some peace at least for a minute and then get something to eat (laughs) and then talk to God and find out if God has plans for you. I can assure you that God does. So God has used this church. I'm, I'm out of here now. I'm going to uh, give an altar call, and then we're going to be done. God has used West Angeles Church to produce lights to brighten this dark world. Bishop Charles E. Blake Sr. is one of God's brightest lights in this part of the vineyard. So is Lady May Lawrence Blake. They have shined for all these years. We need to celebrate them because they have done their jobs. And they're yet doing their jobs. God has much for them to do. Don't, 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 don't get it twisted. I'm not giving them their, their marching orders to go someplace and sit down. If God hasn't told them that, I'm not telling them that. I'm not telling them to sit down. What I'm telling you to do is get up. This has never been just their job. Okay? They're not trying to shine for you. They're trying to help you turn your light on. All of us who love Jesus are the light of the world. Everybody needs to shine in order for everybody to see everything. I don't mind doing this. I love my job. Do you love your job? Okay. So that's, that's, that's my message. You just need to do what God told you. Now let me end with two offers. I've got an offer for everybody, and then I've got an offer for people who don't know Jesus. I have to do it in that order because of COVID. Everybody. So maybe you haven't had a day when you thought you'd kill yourself. I envy you if you haven't. Maybe you haven't had a day so bad you didn't know whether you were gonna wanna wake up in the morning. Maybe not, I did. But somebody's in here, I know I'm not talking to myself. Somebody's in here who is in a valley of decision and it's not about for Christ, it's a decision about life. If I'm talking to you, I want you to raise your hand because I want to pray for you. We don't want to leave it where it is. We want to make sure that you know that God is on your side. We want you to know that life is worth the living. We want you not to give up. We want you to keep going until you get to the end. God has plans for you, and God is determined to make you into the very image of Jesus Christ. But you got to give him time. God is working on time. And he's eventually going to get you where you need to go. If that's anybody, if I'm talking to anybody, raise your hand. I want to pray for you where you are. Anybody who's uh, wondered about whether it's worth living. It is. So I'm going to pray a prayer now for those people. God, I thank you for saving my life first and then saving my soul next. When I was young and stupid, I was gonna take my life, not even realizing your plans for me. Now I'm praying for people in this room, people on the uh, internet, online, who don't know how great you are, don't know what you've got planned for their lives. These may look to some people like the worst of times, but I hear you saying, no, these are the best of times. This is the time when I show myself big, I hear you saying. Somebody in this room is going to be a great soldier in your army. God, would you touch them? Give them what they need. Give them the marching orders to go out of here and go up from here. I don't know what they're dealing with, but I know that you can deal with it better than they can. Allow them to reach you in a safe way so that they can go on with their lives. Thank God. Amen. Amen. Clap your hands for those people. Now, in my whole sermon, um, what I was talking about is a conditional thing, too. I said that the people who have Jesus as Savior and Lord have God's light shining in them. So if you're not saved, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your, as your Savior and Lord, then you don't have God's light shining in you. What you have is God's light shining on you. Yeah, God is, God is trying to show you something. God is trying to reveal something to you. God wants you not to leave here the same way you came in here. So if there's somebody in here who has never accepted Jesus as Savior and Lord, living in a dark, dangerous world like this, you don't want to go out of here like that. I need you to raise your hand now. Somebody who needs Jesus to be your Savior, even in the balcony, every place, even online, wherever you are, raise your hand if you need Jesus as your Savior and Lord. I'll pray for them and then I want uh, all of us to repeat some words after me. God, we thank you that you have divinely ordered the steps of the people to get here. I want to thank you that you have lost none of your power. You never learn anything new. You're everywhere present at the same time and you love all of us with a love we could never earn. God, I want you to see these people who have called on you for their salvation. I ask you to meet them at that point of their need so that Jesus can be the light of their lives. Repeat these words after me. Dear God, I recognize that I am a sinner. I'm sorry for the wrong I've done. I'm sorry for the wrong I have been. I want to be saved. Jesus, Come into my heart. Make me what you would have me to be. Give me new life. Give me a new direction. Give me purpose. Give me hope. This is my prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer sincerely, now you're saved. Now here's what I want you to do, because we, we want to get some information from you. We want to be able to communicate with you. If you're online, we want you to reach out to us by online uh, methods. But if you're here, we want you to come down now. Come down front now and, and stand in the front here. We'll, we'll get some information from you, and then we'll all be on our way. This is very important. If you're walking, be walking in this direction.